In the spring of 2021, Mickey Weems was diagnosed with stage 4 prostate cancer and was given 6 to 12 months to live. This episode was recorded in May of 2022. Hi, my name is Donna Blanchard, and while we recognize that Mickey is dying, we would like to welcome you to another day of his life. Welcome to another day of your life, Mickey Weems. Aloha, Donna. Aloha. Uh, What emotions are you feeling right now? Kind of calm right now. Um, Doing good. Okay, good. I I have to say, so there are four of us here. Uh, There's myself and James Charisma and Susan Wright. And uh, you probably are the perkiest of all of us. (laughs) I really appreciate the energy that you bring to these. Well, I did just have coffee. You just, I should have had some coffee. And I want you to know, Mickey, that on those days when you're not feeling that energy, if you still choose to record, we are going to be here to buoy you and bring the, okay. bring the energy for you. I promise we will do that. Can we talk a little bit uh, on this episode about your radiation treatments? I have done so much radiation. I should actually by now have a superpower. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've done so much radiation that, that at night I should be glowing. Mm. I, should, I should be glowing blue um, or something. So um, I know that that's, I know that that by itself, the doses that they've given me are um, harmful, but it's done because I don't have that much to live that much time to live. And in the long, it's in the short term, it's beneficial. Now, I, I don't know if I told you all about this conversation that the radiologist and I had, and he said, yeah, you know, all the radiation you're getting will probably give you cancer in five years. And we both just laughed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what the yeah. hell? <laughs> um, it's, uh, so would you please, I, I've never talked to anyone. Uh, you know what? I've talked to people who have had radiation treatments, but I've never felt okay asking them. Would you please describe what that is from the moment you, you walk into, are you going into a doctor's office or a center or a hospital? There's a radio radiology center. I think that's what it's called. It's at St. Francis over on Lily Hostery. And um, it's actually not affiliated with St. Hosp- Francis hospital. It's just in the same grounds. Um, the people there are awesome. My doctor is amazing. The techs are wonderful. They always have smiles on their faces. And I know it's tough on them because I know they watch people come in and they watch people slowly start wilting. And they're always smiling. They're always pleasant no matter what. Um, The radiation treatments, uh, my doctor told me, well, you know, it's no big deal. You probably won't feel any effect at all. And yeah, I said, okay, no effects my ass. (laughs) i mean there there are definite detrimental effects one and you get a taste of metal um it can affect your digestion um it can make you nauseous that happened to me one time it made me nauseous um the these things happen with it it can it can basically sap you of everything especially if you've done like a solid five days you know because the center is open five days a week and sometimes I'd go in there every day. So by Friday, it's like, oh, and that weekend is just like, it's, it's tough. 
so you you go in my experience with radiation is x-rays because i've Mm -hmm. broken things um so are you laying down on one of those tables in a very cold room like when you get x-rays it's um it's an interesting room because everything is robotic Uh, lay down on a table they've got a special cast made so that my legs hit exactly the same place before they do the actual treatment if they're if they're doing a new region they'll put stickers on me clear round stickers and the round stickers will have plus signs in either black or blue that um help them target exactly because it's targeted radiation they're going to send a beam of x-rays to hit a very specific region in my body so the first time they did it were three stickers that went across my chest one below my right peck one on my sternum and the third one below my left peck um, all in a straight line horizontal line so i was joking with the text i said these these are my stigmata and that that's why i came up with the idea for we're calling the comic book that and for making the character that i have that he has these but they're permanent on him that that the actual um plus signs don't go away anymore and they start glowing blue when he uses his power oh that's what they so, from. Yeah, that that's that's where the comic book gets its name stigmata um so th- th- those line up and uh i've, I've seen pictures of this because I, I can't see this for myself but there there's like this red um like laser that's a straight line and and, and horizontal line and vertical line that crisscross over me to to basically target you know to where exactly are the uh um is the are the x-rays going to go okay and are you is it is it loud are you like i've uh, oh uh, so do they give you headphones are you listening to music of your choice no no uh, they're they're playing music but i can't hear it typically during the thing because uh the machines are moving on their own they're moving around me so it's very futuristic like and and i recognize that this this is robotics that these machines are that they're programmed and they act right um, they're kind of fascinating and they're kind of like sinister at the same time. It's like, a, it's, it's like our machine overlords, <laughs> but, but I love it. I, I think it's awesome until like, you know, afterwards when I get the effects. So how long is one of those treatments usually? Um, usually no more than five minutes. Oh, that's swift. Okay. Uh, so you are lying as still as can be. Right but it's only for five minutes while they're actually doing it. What are you feeling? Nothing. Okay. And is it as soon as you are getting up off of the table, you start to feel something potentially. Sometimes the time when I, when I vomited, it was almost immediate. So I'm not sure what the dosage was that they gave me, but yeah, it hit, it hit hard. So that before I left there, um, I had to go run in and purge. Yeah. But that's only been one time. Um, and I imagine people, depending upon the severity of the treatment, that they might have an even more severe reaction than what I had. So my heart goes out to anybody that's, that's undergoing the, the, radi- the radiation therapy. It is not easy, but it is effective. I mean, I have yet to, knock on wood, I have yet to break a bone. Um, because the targeted radiation has been slowing the cancer down enough in my bones to keep so that they, they, they can replenish themselves through another treatment with the ex that I told you about, 
yeah. where can where calcium is taken from my system and brought directly to where the uh, cancer is to re to replenish to rebuild. Uh, uh, okay, let's. We're going to come back to the exchiva in a minute. Okay. Uh, with the radiation, when you are going through the targeted treatments, you go in for five days in a row, once a month. What's the schedule for that? Um, it depends upon what areas are acting up. For example, I had one treatment over my mid spine and that was over three weeks. Another one, the last one was for two weeks. Sometimes it can be almost like a month and almost a month of, of like constant treatment. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Um, okay. So that makes sense. I was wondering why, why don't they just do two a week instead of sort of, you know, beating you up with it for several days in a row? I, I get that now. I, th you know, it's so amazing how if you eat the wrong thing, how quickly your body reacts and says, nope, and it comes out one or both ends mm -hmm. pretty quickly. So I would imagine it's that radiation has to be sending off all sorts of warning signals to your body. <sighs> okay. Um, and how long you, you got your diagnoses in March of 21. Um, Actually, I think it might've been May. I might've been, might be a, uh, putting it a little bit too early. So okay. sometime between March and May. Okay. Okay. So I uh, did you, um, did they get you, put you, get you into radiation right away? Did they negative? Start? Cause I told them I didn't want anything. Oh, Oh, um, uh, did you make the decision then that you didn't want anything? Did you do some research on that? How did you come to that? They have you sign these forms that tell you all the negative things that can happen. Yeah. And I read that and I said, are you kidding me? <laughs> no, thank you. Um, but then my uh, radiologist talked to me and said, you're being, you're, you are not thinking this through properly. If you want to, so th this is not to extend your life. This is to make your quality of life right now better because your quality of life will totally fall apart if your bones break. And I thought, you know, I can't really argue with that logic. Okay. So then you got information on the targeted radiation and mm -hmm. exjiva. Right. That combination. So let's, we've talked a little bit about the exjiva before, but I, um, what, what it does, but I'd really like to know the, the medical process of it. You go in and what do they do? They give you a shot and the shot hurts. Where, where are they giving it to you? Any place where there's fat. Which uh, on you <laughs> is not a whole lot. Yeah. And it hurts when they put it in an area that's especially not got any. So, um, well, it's going to hurt anyway. So I, I, I just tell them, excuse me, I'm, I'm a needle wimp. I'm going to wince no matter what. So, you know, don't, don't, don't feel bad. The nurses or techs that are giving me the shots. Um, it's, it's, it's me. It's not you. <laughs> <laughs> but you said they're taking calcium from your body. How are they doing that? A, a, I'm told it's a monoclonal antibody. And if I understand antibodies properly, they are um, 
entities in your system that go around and typically will attack a disease and destroy it. But this antibody does something different. It takes calcium and moves it to where the cancer is. And how it does that, I have no idea. Uh, so you, do you, are you taking calcium supplements to make sure you have lots in there for it to grab? I am. And I'm drinking like, I drink a half a gallon of milk a day. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that, that, that's a lot of milk. I, um, I'm surprised that the doctors would suggest that you do that with milk rather than uh, uh, other forms. Is that the best way to ingest it other than, or I don't know. Are you I just love doing milk. It? <laughs> oh well then oh okay. this is it's not a problem <laughs> okay well then never mind that <laughs> so you're giving it plenty of food to use and the exjiva puts the calcium where the cancer has eaten it away i i feel like i remember at some point someone talking about there's um sometimes you actually uh you take things that uh, you're doing to support your system, but it's actually feeding the cancer more than it's feeding your system. Ha, uh, have you any knowledge on that? Yes, supposedly, or so I have heard. Thus I have heard, uh, as the Buddhists say, um, sugar. Refined sugar is really, really bad. Uh, let's see, uh, charred meat. The carcinogens in that are supposed to be horrible. Um, What's the, there, there's a third one there too. Um, that, but that, th- those are the main ones. So I try to keep sugar to a minimum. Okay. Is it and glucose or just sugar? From what, I, from what I understand, the worst culprit is refined sugar. Okay. But I'm eating fructose from, from fruit. I'm eating fruit. I'm not going to give that up because I figured the positive outweighs the negative on that one. <laughs> yeah. I. Uh it's a difficult one to give up. I actually heard it about vitamin C now that I'm thinking about it, that uh, someone had to be careful about that. Are you uh, concerned about the um, alkaline versus acidic foods that you're eating? Is that a part of your regime? That That's not a consideration for me. Okay. Maybe it should be, I don't know. Uh, I, I remember the the friend of mine who was not we're not close friends at this time so I never felt that I could ask her these questions so again thank you very much but I know that she ate a, she had a list on her refrigerator of the alkaline foods and it was her goal to eat foods on stick to foods on that list and she was just eating a lot of avocados <laughs> um I, I I don't know if that's still a thing or if that was a thing it was like 12 years ago you know what whether if the placebo syndrome is a very real thing mm-hmm. and it can help you, I do believe this, that if you think that, or if you're trying your best with what you know to do the best for yourself, I think that automatically helps you, even if it may be questionable whether it actually does have a physiological effect directly rather than just a psychological effect. But the psychological is so very, in my case, very crucial. So, yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, for, any, for anybody, whatever they're doing, whether I agree with it or not is not the point. I will cheer them on. I'll say, do it. Yeah. Stick with your regimen because the very discipline of doing it makes you feel stronger. You feel like you're acting. You feel like you're doing something. And that's that's so important because then you're not you don't feel so helpless. 
Oh yeah. I mean, I 100% believe in placebo. It is real. <laughs> it, it, that's, <laughs> that's the power of our minds. It is real. Paradoxically, if you, yeah. if you tell yourself, I know mm-hmm. a story of um, a woman who was getting um, with a stomach bypass uh, that surgery and she was so excited to get it and went through all of the steps leading up to it and went in to get it. And she was in surgery for like two hours longer than it should have been. And the doctors told her husband, I'm, I'm just really sorry, but we couldn't do it for whatever was going on with her innards. They couldn't do it. And her husband told her they couldn't do it. And she said, no, I think she, I think they did. And she lost a ton of weight. There you go. <laughs> she told herself that it was real and it, and it was so, and, and that's gotta be a lot of, uh, I don't want to offend anyone, but that is a lot of what religion is, is that you say there, there is an ever loving presence and I'm in those, in that grace. Mm-hmm. And then you feel better. The very first line of the Dhammapada, which is the basic tenement. That's one of the earliest scriptures of Buddhism. The very first line is, you are what you think. Mm. That which a man thinketh, therefore shall he become, therefore shall he be. What's that from? Uh, one of the books in the Bible. I don't remember. the. Okay. It's Corinthians. <laughs> right. One of those that Paul wrote when he was visiting people. <laughs> mm. When Paul was cruising. Yeah, he was, he was just vibing all over the place. Mm. <laughs> Um, yeah, a- a- absolutely. What the words that we use with ourselves and what we believe makes a huge difference. Um, so when you, I know that we are helping people with this, with this podcast and with your Inshallah. comic books, the mm-hmm. of course, um, where do you turn when you need help? Dance floor. Mm. The dance floor is my refuge. The dance floor is my temple, um, which is one reason why I've decided with the remainder of my days to go twice a week instead of one, because I thought about it. I mean, I was afraid well, I'm going to make myself too weak. And I thought after this weekend, after lifting with two days of dance under my belt, I thought, no, maybe the energy I get from it is worth the energy I expend getting it. And I help, I help people. That's, that's the other thing I love about it. I meet people on the dance floor and they, we, we talk about each other's problems and they, and, they, and they confide in me. And I talk to because they, 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 they know who I am and they know what my story is. And so they feel like they can talk to me about just about anything. And I've let them know, yes, you can. Okay. And I'll listen. You know, I'm in a, I'm in a position right now, you know, <laughs> I, 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 since I have a limited duration, I want to make sure I do as good, much good as possible. So yeah, I'm, I'm there for them whenever they need me. And the dance floor, of course, is also a place for lost souls. A lot of people that, you know, they're kind of like, you know, looking for things and maybe not finding them. So I'm, I'm there for them. I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, you, you do have that vibe and talk about confidentiality. You don't have to worry. <laughs> You're, you are, you know about the the importance of what we have here uh um among the human spirit i um so our producer james charisma just dropped a note here for me to say to ask uh what's your dance style like 
he's picturing John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> mm. I, I got that song in my head. Night Fever, Night Fever. <laughs> but so, A year ago, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, no. I have to dance with the staff. So my dance moves are severely cur- curtailed. But the pleasure I get from it is every bit as great and in some ways better. I just I just close my eyes sometimes and just let it wash over me. And it feels so good. Oh, nice. Nice. And um, I, I, you know, a dance floor, it sounds like there's an amazing eclectic group of people there who are all just like ecstatic dancing. It, mm-hmm. is, there, is there a difference between this and ecstatic dancing? For me, ecstatic dancing that I have seen in Hawaii is uh, it's not terribly exciting. <laughs> um, but then again, you know, I've, I've seen condomblé. I've seen people go into trance and gods come through them. Literally, they are manifesting gods and everyone recognizes people are cheering them for the gods that are coming through them. So what I expect from dance and ecstasy is different from what people may expect if they're doing a kirtan or if they're doing a Sufi Sama. Um, and since we are not in places where kirtan is what, what a majority of the people do, because that, that's Hindu, right? And we, don't, we do not have a very big Hindu population. And Sama, which is the Sufi thing, is done in Muslim countries. Since we're not basically a Muslim population, it doesn't have the same energy you would have with people who have been doing it for generations, right? Most of the people are newcomers and, and they're trying it out and, it's, and, and they're getting a lot out of it. Um, it. I don't want to put down what they do, but it's not my cup of tea because I'm, I, I like what happens when people do it from the generations. But that makes sense. Yes, from- that's the way my mother did it. That's the way my grandfather did it. Uh, that's the, you know, and you can see that. You can see that in what they do, that it, there's this intensity, there's this familiarity with it. It's, it's not anything new, but it's, it's fresh. It, it, you know, that, that same spirit that their parents taught them and their grandparents taught them is still coming through. And that to me is like, it's the, the older I get, the more I realize that the connection to my ancestors is pretty important to me. And when I see that in others, I really do relate. And my ancestors are Frankie Knuckles, Larry LeVan, or Ralphie Rosario, or the Hot Mix Five out of Chicago, <laughs> or the uh, DJs of house music. Uh, Those are my ancestors. Uh, and I reflect that because I've been doing that since I was in my 30s. Okay, we're going to talk more about ancestors in our next episode but i have to wrap up now thank you so much mickey really appreciate you and we will talk to you soon I'm Donna Blanchard. James Charisma is our producer. Susan Wright is our content advisor, PR agent, and support team member. Music generously donated by Kainani Kahaunaele from her Hoku Award-winning album, Waipunale. We're all here to support our friend Mickey and help him help all of us to learn about living while dying. <laughs>